0: bless up for tuning in to project cheney magic happens when you question everything conspirituality becomes reality weirdness is welcomed and it's okay to change your mind big up yourself hey you guys it is 4 a.m on the east coast and this is my 23rd episode I figured I would try to channel my inner Christian Slater from the 90s movie Pump of the Volume. If you've seen that movie, uh, yeah, I probably won't do anything like that, but it seems sexy, and I um, needed some inspiration for being here at 4 a.m. and having no idea what I am going to talk to you guys about for an hour or so. That's a lie. See already right off the bat. I do have somewhat of an idea. I um, have my scrap piece of paper that has been traveling with me in my pocket since last time we hung out and it does have thoughts and ideas and rants and tings, rants and tings all over it. So in this episode that I sit here with you guys today, I might drink ginger ale. I might hit my e-cig. I might drink water. I might even suck on a gummy bear. Uh, I'm kind of fidgety and I do all these things sometimes when I have a guest, but you guys don't realize it. And so if it's just here, me and you by myself, then um, I might have to partake in some of these vices that you guys might have to sit through. So, If um, the sound of gummy bear is the worst in the world, you are not going to want to um, tune into my new Patreon that's going to be coming out, my new Patreon, uh, Eating Gummy Bears with Chaney, why she talks about the New World Order. That isn't going to be the show for you. So uh, yeah, better you learn it now, right? So uh, where do I begin? It is my 23rd episode and... I kind of like the idea for 23 to be my first solo episode. Uh, 23 always, the first thing that it makes me think of is Michael Jordan. And um, there might be a lot of you out there right now that you're like, huh, I didn't expect her to go with Michael Jordan on this. Well, and there's a lot of you out there too that like are thinking, oh, shit how is this bitch about to ruin Michael Jordan for me? Well, I'm gonna, because you know, I find a conspiracy and everything. And then there's a ton of you out there listening to this that are like, duh, this is old news. And it is kind of old news. But for my 23rd episode, this is where I'm going to start. And it's going to be pieced apart. You know how I do because I don't pull up anything in front of me. I just kind of go on rants with what's in there. So some parts are wrong but all parts are rabbit holes. And, um, if you're into part of it, do the rest of the digging for yourself. If you find out other stuff that you think I should know, send it over to me. Cause I love it. I feel like I have such a killer audience right now. Like, dare I say, I think I have, I think the people listening to my show are like the best audience out there right now. You don't even know, um, how cool and, uh, the stories that I'm getting, the experiences that I'm getting, the synchronicities that I'm having with you guys and that you guys are having listening, um, just the real uh, beautiful words you guys send me, and um, gratitude for something that I really, really, really loved the whole thing doing. And so it's just really crazy when i get to sit down sometimes for 2 hours and get in this beautiful flow state with myself but then uh having another human being and energy in the room with me who they allow their themselves to attach to source and they get in kind of a flow state and then it gets next level if we get in kind of this flow state together and church and feel and chat and vibe. And then something else happens too, where I think your guys' future energy is like already there. And it's all kind of intermixing together and it feels really magical. And I have loved doing all parts of this show. So. I have no idea that's going to happen a few times where my train of thought is just going to be like completely off a rail, my Michael Jordan episode. And I like to give you guys all these rabbit holes and I am going to ruin Michael Jordan for you right now. So Michael Jordan was probably the greatest basketball player of all time. And Michael Jordan was also probably the greatest great of the greats of all time. The only person, you know, I I, like people would be like Wayne Gretzky is that for hockey or some people would argue like, well, Richard Petty was that for NASCAR or it would go through all like Tom Brady's that for a quarterback or, uh, you know, um, I'm being so careful with who I say here because I think um, I was about to say an MMA star. And I was going to like handcraft what MMA star I went with, but I am, I'm going to say it would be like, if people were saying like Amanda Nunes for UFC star, ah, you didn't see that coming, did you? (laughs) Anyway, Michael Jordan is number 23 and he is that. And, uh, so I wanted my 23rd episode to be, you know, I'm going to stand alone right now. We're going to see how it goes. Sink or swim. Yeah. For better or worse, here we are. And, it might not be great or it might be pure magic. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So Michael Jordan, um, he played uh, for the Chicago Bulls and they were like a legacy basketball team. Scottie Pippen played for the Bulls. My favorite Bull is Dennis Rodman. Um, I mean... Shit, he single handedly saved us from World War III with North Korea, but that's for another conspiracy for another day. And kind of kidding, kind of not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Michael Jordan plays for the Bulls. They're this huge legacy team. At the top of his frigging career, this dude just steps away from basketball. And I kind of no one ever really said anything about it back then, but the more I looked into it, as an adult and the more even that there's been documentaries that come out, it is no secret anymore that Michael Jordan had a huge gambling problem and so much so that he would bet on himself, um, all the time. And it was almost like a huge addiction. Like you can find so much stuff now of people saying like gambling with Jordan and that like next level of how he took everything like that. And, uh, So one way that people try to state this case is that Michael Jordan never really wanted to play baseball, but he owed money and gambling debt and all this nefarious stuff that he had to go play for the owner of this minor league baseball team to like somehow repay this shit. So that's like one whole story. But the crazy, crazy part is Michael Jordan's dad was murdered, and Michael Jordan was really close to his father. And a lot of people think that Michael Jordan's father was murdered because of gambling debt. So I figured right at the beginning, I'd start off my episode 23 with a little rabbit hole for you guys. If you are a sports nerd, if you do care about any of that, um, you can look into uh, the death of Michael Jordan's father and you can probably find a million and one things that I don't even know yet. And yeah, send it to me. I'd love to hear about it. Um, I think it's hella interesting. I think basketball as a whole sports as a whole, they are a whole conspiracy, um, from one rigged game to, um, I don't know, maybe entirely rigged Olympic programs. I don't know. Everything's kind of crazy. So that was the Michael Jordan of it all. Let me look at this paper and see what I have going on here. And you guys can get some kind of sense of the spider web of of nonsense that goes on in my brain week to week. And this time I feel like I really should just read everything on the paper, no matter how ridiculous um some of this reminds me when I used to be a um stand-up comic I would always have a piece of paper on me and always just write down these ideas or um if I was having a funny conversation with a friend or if I read something that I thought would trigger a funny thought later I would just write it down so (laughs) episode 23, one of the things I have written on here, Uh, do you remember um, the cartoon, A Land Before Time? And it was four dinosaurs and their names were Littlefoot, the like kind of lead character, Um, a little trans dinosaur. I don't know. That was, I don't know. I don't know what Littlefoot was. I have no idea. That was like, so uh, Littlefoot. And then uh, there was Sarah, the Triceratops. There was Ducky, like a really, a drag to have around. (laughs) Uh, And Spike, who is just dopey and whatever. So there it's a story of these four dinosaurs. I remember it being mildly traumatic to me as a kid, for some reason, I remember being an overwhelming sense of sad in the movie, like their parents die, or I don't even remember anything about this movie really, except for that. We were talking about it the other day. And I was thinking like Sarah, that triceratops is an asshole. And I was just thinking of how many of these cartoon characters, like these little spoiled brat little assholes that just existed. And I was thinking like Tiny Toons, how there was that that would just squeeze the shit out of all the animals we always want to sque- we all kind of want to squeeze animals when they're so cute like even another human you might see another human and you're like oh my gosh you're so cute like i just want to squeeze the shit out of you um that is that character on tiny tunes that just kind of in the grand scheme of it if they were a real kid you're like this kid is a fucking asshole uh yeah I don't know why, but I felt like you guys should know that Sarah, the Triceratops from The Land Before Time is an asshole. And um, I'll be working on a line of shirts for that. I actually have no conspiracy behind The Land Before Time. I feel like I should make up one right now. Uh, Land Before Time dinosaurs the dinosaurs themselves are probably a conspiracy. There was the great bone wars that happened or there was like two archaeologists that were going back and forth uh, discovering, I do that in quotes, dinosaurs. But what they were really doing was like taking an elephant's body and a giraffe's head and then like an alligator's face and laying the skeleton in the dirt and taking pictures with it and saying they discovered a new species and it was going back and forth back and forth so much like a coke pepsi war like a coke pepsi war and it wasn't just about it was like museums were paying for digs that the people that were finding the digs were putting up stuff in the museum And it behooved everybody involved for there to be a new discovery made every time, not just for interest to the museum, but also for financial gain for the um, archaeologist. I feel like I said architect before. If I did, I meant archaeologist. And uh, there were just two guys making up shit, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And still to this day... um, There is no dinosaur bone that you are allowed to. Obviously, you wouldn't be allowed to just every human that goes by gets to touch a dinosaur bone, obviously. But all the dinosaur bones, all of them are kept under lock and key. We don't get to see any of them. And a majority of the dinosaurs that you see, um, they recreated the whole entire thing from one bone. So they took one bone, that they found in the dirt and recreated a whole entire drawing, a whole entire sound, a whole entire skin color. And they're like, oh, look at this big lizard. And this is how it sounds. And this is how it looks and blah, blah, blah. And really, you know, even the idea of birds and chickens and all that, like in the dinosaur movement at all, um, in the grand scheme of things is relatively recent. Uh, with them saying like, Oh, we can't believe like even in Jurassic park where they're like, we can't believe how much the raptors are actually like chickens, um, or whatever. Uh, yeah. So the great bone wars, dinosaurs, fake money, blah. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, it's really similar to the whole space race. There isn't a lot of difference in it. Once you have a race toward anything, um, there's a reason we like if we're uh, Ford versus Ferrari there's a reason that one of us want to win that race and prove that we're superior and it's probably power overall so I imagine there is some kind of power with that everywhere and probably in the same way you know sometimes with Flat Earthers one of the debates they make you know when you really get down to it which by the way you guys, I have Flat Earth Dave coming on the show soon. If you're into Flat Earth stuff, I'm going to be sitting down with him, um, which will be really interesting for me because um, I think he's going to be really good at not just explaining his case to me, but I told him it was really important to explain his case to me in audio because it can't be gematria and a whole bunch of jumbled language. It has to make sense. Sometimes when people talk flat earth and it's in an audio format, all of a sudden you're listening and they're like, so the plates like this and this plate spinning on this plate and this circle here and Antarctica. And you're just like, what? Like I can't even make like my brain just um, turned off. And all of a sudden I'm standing on a pogo ball, like jumping through my aunt and uncle's backyard in Denver, Colorado in 1994. Happy birthday, Merry Christmas. That's, um, yeah, that's what happens to me sometimes. And that's how bad I lose my train of thought on a regular basis. So bad. So I forgot what I'm talking about now. And uh I have, was holding a gummy bear for like 60 seconds, staring at it taunt me and I had to stick it in my mouth. So... Mm-mm-mm. Oh yeah, the reason I brought up the Sarah thing and the Land Before Time and that little creepy girl from um, what is that Tiny Tunes? Um, I was wondering for you guys if there was movies that creeped you out as a kid that somehow, as an adult, you have some like post traumatic stress with it. Uh, for me, an example would be like, I can't really watch The Wizard of Oz at all. I have no interest. I don't want to. I don't know if it's the vibe of the witch. I, I mean, whatever. This is going to be hideism or some kind of ism. This is some kind of group of thing hate. There, I don't know if it was just the witch that creeped me out, like the green witch. I don't know if it was the green witch with her flying monkeys. I don't know if there was something about the collective of all their faces, like that playhouse looking lion and that tin man and that scarecrow. Like I didn't like their little mime plate face. Uh, The flying monkeys were scary as shit. Oh, I didn't. The little people really scared me. Like I know they were supposed to be like, we all live in the lollipop whatever fucking shit that was supposed to be a fun song that voice that comes out of their mouth that little gee, gee nope if i heard that in the dark or it just it's demonic or something Anyways, so that movie gives me this post-traumatic stress that I don't ever want to watch it as an adult. I'm glad I don't have children that crave some kind of Americana. Like, let me show them this because I have to show them because that movie really scared me. So do you guys have any movies like that? Um, I asked some other people about it and uh, they were saying like Pinocchio was a really scary cartoon for them as a kid and it's such a scary cartoon. It's such a weird cartoon. Um one of my friends said the movie Hook was scary for them. Um I have a Robin Williams aversion, like my it's visceral. I never have really liked him. It's hard for me to watch Robin Williams' movies. Something about him creeps me out. I know people feel blasphemous about that because he's a member of the Red Scarf Club, but um, he's also a man in a dress to me, and men in dresses is a shaming ritual. And I like right away the first man in a dress I always think of is Robin Williams, Mrs. Doubtfire, which I'm sure there's something all with the name of that, the Sally Fields of it all, the CERN. Um, the Mandela effect of Sally Fields brother working at CERN, um, all roads that lead back to Tom Hanks are always weird. And, uh, Sally field fields, field fields, like the amount of Mandela effects with Sally. Um, she is all up, uh, with Tom Hanks. And so if you have too close of a relationship to a man named Tom Hanks suspect, suspect to me. All roads lead back to Tom Hanks. Um, Yeah, but Robin Williams gives me that kind of same creepy vibe. And I know some of you out there are like, Cheney, how could you say that? He was Patch Adams. And I would say, yeah, I think Patch Adams was probably fucking crazy, people. Look into Patch Adams. Anyone that they honor in that kind of way or any of these quote-unquote philanthropists, like a Patch Adams type person that they put on a pedestal for us now gives me Mother Teresa vibes, gives me Jimmy Savile vibes, gives me, um, human trafficking, uh, Prince Andrew, like somehow we're going to honor them in the public, even though we all know they're scandalous as shit behind the scenes. So that was Um, Sarah in The Land Before Time and the movies as kids that may have scared you. And if you guys do want to write me any of this stuff or answer any of these questions that I'm asking, you can email me at projectchaney at gmail.com. You can uh, go on your little Instagram and put in Chaney in Wonderland and I will be the uh, most invisible person that comes up And, or you can find me very easily, hopefully at project Cheney on Instagram, project Cheney on Twitter, uh, or project cheney.com. Um, but I think all those places you're going to have to reach out if you want me to respond. Uh, 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 what other digs have I been on this week? You guys, Ooh, fun one. I think it's kind of fun. So, uh, have you guys ever seen the movie big trouble in little China? It is a Kurt Russell movie from, I would guess, like the 80s somewhere. I feel like I was a kid kid and I saw it when it was like already at like 3.30, you know, on the afternoon on Fox on like a Sunday, you know, like Fox Sunday, whatever. It would be like this movie. Um, But I know it had Kurt Russell in it and it had Kim Cattrall, who she was Samantha on Sex and the City and she was also um, Mannequin and whatever so the premise of this movie is this truck driver is like driving one night and there's like this i'm gonna miss parts of this because i haven't seen it in a little while so i'm just giving you the off the top of my head what i remember after not seeing it for at least a decade maybe two and he's like a truck driver he gets all involved with this like magical underground old fucking chinese god and uh, he runs into an old Chinese man who kind of fills him in on the lore. All the meanwhile, uh, this Chinese woman gets stolen and she has green eyes and it's uh, she's very beautiful and also, there's a reporter there that's kind of um, wants to film the missing girl and film this weird happenings going on. And she's a green eyed reporter. So they steal these two girls and into this underground uh, agartha E Pizzagate tunnel world. And it's pretty much an action-packed kind of karate Rambo and subterranean tunnels underground against like uh, Mortal Kombat characters. It's a fun movie. The whole reason I started thinking about it this week is there's a lot of signs and symbols, I think, that they give us that aren't necessarily signs and symbols that we see as a symbol. An example for me would be the coronavirus um artist rendering that we all have memorized like when i say that to you the same way if i said shut your eyes picture the planet saturn you have a clear image of that planet in your head if i said shut your eyes and picture the coronavirus you have a clear image of what that virus looks like in your head and to me they do this to us on purpose They want these certain images in our brain the same way as like the Twin Towers looking like an 11, looking like these two parallel lines. I don't know what it all means. I just know it means something. So that coronavirus thing, the second it's like I was trying to dissect it in my brain, like what symbol does that look like? This isn't something I've recognized out of my studies of my Manly P. Hall books and being all nerdy. And I was like, holy shit, it looks like that floating eye entity on Big Trouble in Little China that I think it's Lupin or Lopan is the main villain when he um, wants to see he has this like floating glob of eyeballs. It almost looks like the coronavirus just with eyeballs at the end of all those um, sticks and it floats through the tunnels and then he can see everything this blob can see. So these green eyed girls, if he does this whole ritual and like, it's, I feel like it's a bloodletting ritual. I don't quite remember it, but I feel like there's a long needle involved and like he maybe sticks it into their wrists or something. Um, but if he drinks the blood of this green eyed girls, then he gets immortality, which is so adrenochromey and weird. And uh Yeah the movie, big trouble, little China. I definitely think you guys should check it out. I think there's tons of hidden symbolism in they everywhere. Um, other ways, things that I would suggest that would be red flags for me, as far as my church of Hollywood dissects of this movie. Um, uh, Kurt Russell was a Disney kid. And I think that's a really um, huge, that's like a man in a dress. If you're a Disney kid, you're suspect. Um, so uh, the COVID symbolism, floating virus, parasitic. Uh, yeah. So check out Big Trouble in Little China if you're into those kind of action movies. And another one that would be the same premise of this, um, something that would give you everlasting life. And I'm not going to get into it uh, yet because I, I really don't remember this movie at all I remember it actually boring me as a kid so I probably would love it now and really need to watch it with fresh eyes but I know there's a big comparison of Big Trouble in Little China to The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy so um, yeah let me know what you think about either of those things and do get back to a gal uh, 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 next on my list in the, an order that has nothing to do with anything Uh, grass is a psyop, right? All grass, lawn. Um, what are we doing here? It doesn't feed you. It doesn't provide you anything. You pay to mow it. You pay to water it. You pay to, is it just there for a vanity? Is it there for your neighbors? I can understand if you're like, no, I love the grass. My dogs play in it. I lay in it. We, my kids play croquet. Uh, But really how much of our, the space of the property that we own, if it's not going to space for more house and it doesn't provide you space for water and you're not growing a tomato plant or a squash plant or something that would feed your family, uh, there isn't a a gorgeous shady tree for um birds and squirrels and hummingbird feeders. I don't know. But I do question why one might pay for grass. So, yeah, I think there's a big grass conspiracy. I think we put poison on it, which we all get all over us. Our animals get it on them. Uh, We try to keep weeds out of it, bugs out of it. Um, It's uh, just seems like a big, huge bunch of bullshit. So, yeah, the conspiracy of grass. It's a psyop. Oh, I feel like I'll talk to you about the movie Signs last because... Eh, whatever. I'll totally talk to you about it now. You guys, I watched the movie Signs again this week for like the first time and I don't even know how long. And I really enjoyed it. I might have shed a few tears while watching it, like a goofy little girly with my divine feminine just all laid out and I liked it. (laughs) having my divine feminine all laid out while watching Signs seems sexual, and it totally wasn't. (laughs) But if you haven't seen Signs, um, this episode is just my movie review show. That's what I've realized. I'm just um, going through all these things with my actor, actress, um, whatever. So the movie Signs is a Mel Gibson movie. If you don't know who Mel Gibson is and how important he is to conspiracy world, um, please do ask one of your conspiracy friends. Hit me up. I will tell you all about it. He's awesome. If you think you know about Mel Gibson and you think, oh, Cheney, I'm old school. I know everything about Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's on one. Well, Mr. Smart Guy or Gal, do you know about Hutton Gibson? Mel Gibson's dad? you should totally look into that old school patriotic G anyways, back to signs, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, two kids. I don't know. Two nameless kids. Maybe the kid from the sixth sense. Just kidding. It's not that kid. Some other kid. Um, the whole movie is set up. I don't really want to give any of it away. If you haven't seen it, I'm not even trying to spoiler alert. It's just one of those really clever movies that in our spiritual awakening of it all, it is um, well done. It and uh, it's about aliens. This family in the middle of nowhere, USA. They own a farm, and the farmer, the preacher, uh, he's a farm. He has a farm, cornfield, but he's a preacher, and his wife passes away uh unexpectedly in this really tragic way. And he kind of gives up on life and he gives up on God and he doesn't really believe in anything anymore and he just becomes a shell of himself. And one day and the world, like which sometimes I think when you become a shell of yourself, you don't realize how It affects everybody else around you. And you're trying to like not let your shitty energy go pollute out, but it's almost like you become a void. And anyways, sorry, gummy bear in the mouth. (laughs) Mel Gibson becomes that for his family. One day they wake up. There is a crop circle in the middle of his cornfield. And all this weird stuff kind of happens in their life. And between time, one of the weird things, is their daughter um i say they the wife died tragically mel gibson's daughter um, leaves water glasses all over the house she like sips the water one time and if there's a piece of particle in it she won't drink it if somebody else sipped it she won't drink it if somebody looked at it wrong she won't drink it and uh this water that's left everywhere ends up being like poison to aliens And this dopey brother who lives with Mel Gibson, who is the brother of his uh, deceased wife, he kind of was a person who felt like a loser his whole life because he was kind of supposed to go to the major leagues and was like that, you know, hometown hero that never really did anything. And when it comes time to it and the whole big finale, um, because he knew how to swing a baseball bat. Uh, He ends up having enough power to maybe like injure an uninjurable thing. Those are kind of cheesy points. And you don't get it unless you get it when watching the movie. But um, sometimes my knowledge and my life and everything just feels like that. Like I can just shut my eyes and somewhere deep inside, I hear a voice and it says, cheney swing away and sometimes I can feel that when I have a microphone in front of me and sometimes you know most of the time I don't and sometimes it's with spirit or emotion or uh, you know you're thinking about someone or thinking about a person and you don't know why you're thinking about them and you just are like, should I call them? Should I say this? Should I not say this? It's so awkward. It feels so awkward. And, you know, I want you to own your awkward. I think that's what we're being conditioned away from. So this speech in the movie Signs, the whole world is collectively waking up to the fact there's an alien invasion, which I think in the world we're all actually living in right now with Operation Blue Beam and all the talks of is there life out there? And if they're really gonna, the only way to really have one new world order would be if aliens came down. Then we'd all unite against aliens. So it's funny, like in the world we're in, the whole world on in the movie Signs is collectively waking up to the fact that there's UFOs and they're covering every city. And the world's scared out of their fucking minds. And Meryl, the, the brother of, you know, his sister died, looks at Mel Gibson's character and he's like, hey, dude, could you just act for one second that you're normal? Can you just, like, just comfort me like you used to? And uh, Mel Gibson's character kind of looks at Walking uh, Phoenix's character And he's like, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's people that believe in luck and people that believe in miracles. And the people that believe in luck see things like those lights over all the cities. And by the lights, he means the UFOs. And they think how lucky that is. And they don't know whether those lights are bad or good, but they know That no matter what, they're alone when it happens. But the people that believe in miracles, when they see those lights over the cities, they know that no matter what, good or bad, that happens, that they're not alone. And those people that believe in miracles maybe don't believe in coincidence either. And his speech more eloquent, much more eloquent than mine and poignant and all these other words and looks and probably dramatic music. But it's really just the idea of, are we all attached? Are you just a random mistake because the right sperm swam into the right egg at the right moment at the right eclipse during the right time that the planet was going around the right star in the right solar system and the right speck of dust floating through infinity you just believe you're a big accident a big random mistake. Some people really believe that way. And they just think they're just a lucky mistake. And other people know that same exact idea that they were a divine sperm that swam into a divine egg at just the right time between the right people on the right day as the right planet was or wasn't going around a sun or the right sun was going around the right flat earth. I'm just, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like some people think they're a miracle and that everything worked out like kismetly to make them where they're at right now. And, uh, sometimes in a bigger scale when you step back even further from the whole hurricanes of all of our lives. Sometimes I was thinking like our traumas and our injuries and our scars and our, some of the things that make us what we consider so ugly. It's like those are these divine coincidences, these divine miracles that because something happened to you at some certain age in your life in this whole spinning infinite dust ball, it made you who you were so that every other person that you would come in contact with, you would affect their life positively or negatively off that event And then they would in turn go out and uh, affect or infect somebody's life positively or negatively off that event. And it's just this Fibonacci idea that even your trauma is divine and your trauma has to be there because your walk's divine and precise and like as you spiral out with like your age and your life and your pains and your sorrows and your griefs and your things and your things and your things. It also becomes like maybe the reason that you love so hard. And it also becomes like the reason maybe that you love so good. And it also becomes the reason why you are so fucking grateful. I have like, uh, one of my oldest friends who um, spent a really long time in prison and deservant or not, it that part is maybe a topic for another day. But I remember one time when she got out and I had this whole life in between from the time she went in to the time she got out and, uh, you know, I, we were just talking and I was just so in awe at where her spirituality was and where her knowledge base was. And I had the whole fucking world to play in. And she had a, you know, 10 by 10 cell. And I was just floored at how much she knew and felt and just how deep she was and how much she had grown. And she said something to me like, well, you know, I've lost all this. I've lost all this time and I could sit and be bitter every fucking day about everything I think I should have or some place I should be. Or I just could be really grateful that no one who hasn't done what I've done or spent the time that I've spent where I've spent it. They will never see how sweet a sunset is. They will never see it like I see it. And there's something beautiful to that too. And that's how your trauma is. The stuff you've survived that no one will know. No one will know like six year old you and the love you didn't experience. And no one will know 10 year old you and how bullied you felt. And no one may know 20 year old you As you cried alone and then sucked it all up because you had to get back to work or had to get back to whatever you were doing in your life that you didn't want somebody to know you felt, (sighs) sometimes all those traumas are like perfect and exactly what needs to happen for somebody else. and. I don't know. Go easy on yourself and go easy on each other a little bit. And uh, maybe if you're a person out there that kind of believes in, uh, there's no such thing as coincidence, maybe start being a little more specific to the universe of how you want it to show you. I have, uh, certain symbols that are attached to certain people in my life. Like I say, you know, my father leaves me two pennies. Um, I have, uh, people that I've lost that, um, if I see a hummingbird, I have people that I've lost that if I see a, uh, cardinal, I have people that I have in my life, um, that if I see a certain butterfly, or if I see a right number combination, or if I hear a certain song. And I'm getting better and better at like recognizing those signs. And sometimes it's not an actual call. Sometimes it's not an actual text. Sometimes I just stop for a few moments and send them good energy or... And I love you or sometimes I feel a feeling like they're not okay. And I take a deep breath for them and I energetically give them a hug. And I don't ever tell them I'm doing it because I just know they'll know. I think we're all attached to something bigger. And sometimes, you know, that's cowardice. And I try to not do that as much and I try to confront it and, you know, not just stop and think in my head about a person. I try to text them that I'm thinking about them, even if it feels peculiar and awkward and nerdy and (laughs) some friends that I have, like I harass constantly. I check in on them. Like I act like I just want to make sure you're Okay. But really, I just like to hear them and I like to hang out with their energy. And um, yeah, just follow your intuition more. Trust that you have an intuition. Trust that you are attached to something bigger. Trust that if there's no such thing as coincidences and if you're believing in divine numbers, then your actions are are part of what is creating divinity for somebody else. Like you have no idea the number combination that's on the back of your license plate that means something to somebody else. You have no idea the song you put on the jukebox when you're just randomly at the bar, what that means to somebody else. And the reason you pick that song or those number combinations or those people is because it's all something that attaches to something bigger too. So anyways, that is the long and short of the movie Signs with Mel Gibson. (laughs) I hope you like it. (laughs) That was a long and short of Signs that kind of had nothing to do with Signs. Well, it did. You guys will get it. I kind of didn't want to give the whole entire movie away to the people that haven't seen it, but the people that have seen it might want to go back and rewatch it. And maybe at the 47, 47, when I looked up of my, uh, time and mind you guys, I haven't put the intro or the anything on this yet. So, um, if you're looking at yours and you're like, it was not forty-seven forty-seven. 47, 47, Well, you have the intro on yours. (laughs) I didn't have it when I was recording it. Um, So Big Trouble, Little China, the movie signs. I told you about that. Um, (coughs) Oh, bless me. Isn't that funny? Um, We were talking about that just today. Uh, I, I had always heard that thing when somebody sneezes that, uh, it was because their heart stopped. So we said, bless you because you know, your heart stopped. But I just heard today that, um, somebody said, it might've been Grateful Grounding said that she read maybe somewhere, I think it was her that when you sneeze, uh, they used to believe it like opened you up to like a demonic demon a demonic demon that's kind of a demonic presence uh it kind of made me laugh because I was just thinking how a sneeze is like a little mini miniature like exorcist <laughs> so they were probably like oh geez like exercise the demons out of her with that loud noise it just burst out oh, let me get it together after that I might need to eat a gummy bear <laughs> um okay what else do I have on here The Australian truck blockade was supposed to happen. Who cares? Not that I don't care, but I don't know what's real anymore. That just seems like a loose thing to me. It's like us marching on the Capitol again next week. It's like, no, that's not real. Um, ooh, 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 a brand new one. Uh, If you've listened to me long enough, you know uh, that I've talked about like Trump when he took over the postmaster general because I have this whole theory that Amazon was trying to put the post office out of business they fill our whole entire uh, country world up with these Amazon trucks that are all tracked and traced with our packages on them. They become the world's grocery store. Everything else slowly shuts down. Amazon's our only provider. Uh, They deliver all of our ballots. They pick them all up. They know where they all come from. And um, they slowly become our police department. Well, Trump became the postmaster general. So I think there was some steps of the new world order that didn't quite get to go down because of that action. Uh, One of the other weird things that just came up today, I was, um, some of this came up with Ricky on, uh, I was on the Ripple Effect podcast and some of it came up in our talk, but uh, like my dissection of it, I was talking about with my coven after, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, I don't know what it all means, but Ricky and I were talking. I just have this theory that um, humans don't really need electricity. There really isn't anything that electricity provides to our houses that is necessarily good for us overall. And I would say like the most simple form of that would be a light bulb. Like I don't believe humans really need light. I think our eyes see fine in the dark. I think something about the unnatural light probably really affects us somewhere negatively that we don't even know as humans for the X amount of, you know, years that we've been dealing with artificial light. Also the Luciferian light bringer, Lucifer, Luciferies of it all. Um, it's just light, 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 false light, false light. And that's what all light seems like to me, including Tesla's light. I don't care if it's run with copper wire or not. Um, I think electricity is kind of a bogus, weird demon. Um, maybe everybody thinks it's the computer, but why stop there? I think it's like Ted Kaczynski, like technology in general is all just this little kind of demon that we're inviting into our house. So that being said, do you guys remember when Donald Trump made that weird reversal out of the blue where I like I think Obama did it first where Obama made it that they weren't allowed to sell regular light bulbs anymore and that they we all had to start buying the halogen bulbs? Like it was illegal. you didn't see regular light bulbs anymore for those period of years, and then Donald Trump came back in office and or came back in office came in office, and all of a sudden, um the old school light bulbs were back, like he passed some bill or some shit i I don't know it just all seems um bizarre and another weird Trump thing that it's like what is what's going on here um uh, Mm-hmm. are we so scared to be this is one thing I have written out so I'm just going to read it are we so scared to be called racist sexist, sexist bitch whatever that's why we aren't saying anything are we all so scared of the the, the slur word they gave our avatar that we're not going to say anything about anything Are men scared to be called sexist? Are straight people scared to be called homophobic? Are gay people scared to be called transphobic? Are, you know, black people scared to be called Russian haters? Are, you know, people from Australia scared to be called uh, Kiwi haters? I don't know. Are we just, as a society, have they brainwashed us in such a way that we all collectively think things, but they have us all collectively frightened that somebody else is going to put one of these ists on us, sexist, racist, rapist. (laughs) Isn't it weird? In society, we're so scared of these words. How many things do you not say because you're scared somebody's going to put one of these words on you? How many things do you not say because of the fear of somebody putting these words on you, even though you know damn good and well not one of them's true? I think that's just an interesting thing. It's kind of like wearing a mask to the grocery store. Say the things, even if they're hard for someone else to hear them even if they try to put a fake ist word on you. Um, yeah, we all have stuff that needs to be said. And if you're not the ist and you don't have hate in your heart, um, sexist, racist, homophobic, fucking transphobic, phobic, phobic, phobic. If you're not those things, say the thing, ask the thing. Um, it probably needs to be talked about. And it's fine. It's all fine. Look where we're at right now, you guys. We are in the fucking end game. And if you don't have the balls to just ask your question now, uh what the fuck are we doing here? So anyways, I would say say it. Say it. If you aren't the thing, say it. Don't be scared of it. Um Right underneath that, because <laughs> this must have been my time where I was like, fuck it, I'm going to come in hot. Um, do you think that a movie Dirty Dancing made us all collectively as a generation feel like we needed to fight for abortion? Because I was thinking about it, and for me, I've probably been to more abortion clinics than most women I know, not because I've had a bunch of abortions, but I... Um, have people that I love so much that have had to, um, uh, make that decision. And, you know, I know people think sometimes that they fall on one side of the other of this for whatever reason. And I hear the morals sometimes with it of, you know, it's a life and when is it a life? And I hear the morals of it sometimes of like, you don't know, um, what this person had to go through or what if they got raped by their father or what if they were just um, not ready because the society was bad or didn't have enough money. And uh, I think it's interesting um, how many men I'm going to single you out for a minute guys, because I don't think you understand what it's like for a woman. Um, what pregnancy, just the word pregnancy is like for a woman. And, uh, I would almost compare it, um, in ways to, uh, like the difference of like the fath, it's so leaps and bounds different with the word rape and what that means to us, and how many decisions we have to make in our every day that you guys are so unaware of, so we don't have to get raped. So you know, we don't run at night, we make sure we um, don't park too far from the grocery store, we, um, you know, uh, just change our plans altogether, we don't wear that because we don't want to get raped. We put our keys between our knuckles while we walk to the car. We um, don't take the stairs. We don't take the elevator alone with a certain guy. We wait till there's more people. We'll go out of our way to walk so much longer just because there might be people there and I'm scared. So it's like there's these things with rape that men just don't fucking understand. Good man or bad man. They just don't get... Um, that we're deers walking around amongst tigers sometimes, and, um, we feel like prey and we have to have our wits about us sometimes because we are prey. Uh, even the toughest girls in the world, um, like I used the comparison of Amanda Nunes earlier. She's like, you know, probably the one of the best UFC uh, fighters of all time. And she is the best woman UFC fighter of all time. And she also is a good enough fighter to know that probably, you know, just an average fighter is going to beat her ass. And she's the best woman of all time. So just... um. There is a huge, real fear that women have to live with every day with rape, that men um, just don't have any fathomable idea. And some, some men, I'm not saying no men, there might be one or two men that know what I'm talking. I mean, there is, a, there's always exceptions to the rules, but, um, we can, you know, pick apart exceptions to the rules or we can just still talk about this and not be scared to say it. And, um, so yeah, there's women that, you know, uh, if you're a dude listening to this, you know, ask the lady in your life. Um, this feeling, how often she has it, um, is she scared walking out of work? Is she, does she think about it just walking, you know, from the grocery store at night? Does she think about it on the running trail? If just the wrong stranger gets too close, um, does she get creeped out if a car follows her too close at night? Does she even get creeped out when the cop pulls her over and she hopes it's a good, nice cop that isn't going to like unzip his pants? Um, I don't expect men to understand it. This is where we're different species. Your species is like a fucking gorilla and our species is like um, one of those springy axis deers jumping through Hawaii overall. You know, they're just entirely different things. Um, There's the occasional badass axis deer that may have uh, claws and have the right dick kick, but nonetheless, that axis deer, if the tiger or ape won it, it got it. So, uh, abortion and the energy of abortion and the fear of abortion um, is something that even good men have no fucking idea what women have to go through with this. And take away the big scary word of abortion or the idea of even having to terminate a pregnancy for medical reasons. Take all that away. Do you men out there realize how scary it is for us women? Um, just growing up, like the second we realize that we can have a baby, and then the second we realize that, oh, sex is this thing that this other species wants, and on the other side of that thing... And this is going to be crazy for a lot of you to hear, but I'm sure a lot of women out there, if you could admit it to yourself, a lot of you are moms. But when we were all like... 14, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old, whenever you started to get sexually active enough. And if you weren't married and just one of those people that were, you know, lucky enough in the world that you were like, yes, I got married to the first person I had sex with. We had 2.5 car garage. We had 2.5 kids and all the money in the world for a Disneyland vacation. Um, if you weren't one of those people, uh, The fear of fucking getting pregnant when you weren't ready for it, when you had college in front of you, when you didn't think the dude you were with was a good dude, when it was just a one night stand because you were having a good time and the sex felt good. Men No matter how scary with the financial woe, no matter how scary the drive to the abortion clinic, no matter how frightening the idea of 18 years might seem to you, you have no idea the fear and just heaviness. It's not just fear, it's just a heaviness that women um, have from a very young age of if they get knocked, how different that responsibility is for them instantly. And so it's not because men shouldn't have opinions in abortion, and it's not because women shouldn't have opinions in other women's abortions. But if you fall on either side of this, I just really implore you to have a little more compassion for people and a little more, especially in our community world, a little more soul and cooth and maybe empathy when you're talking about these kind of subjects sometimes. Um because you know You don't really know out there when we're talking about trauma and stuff, how many women that you know and talk to and think are the strongest fucking bitch in the world that have been manhandled, raped, molested, beaten, scorned, abused. Um, You don't know how many women out there that you consider the most godly, churchly, perfect, pure, best mom in the whole world that have had to make decisions like something like an abortion and they might regret it with everything they have, or they might've been forced to do it just to stay alive for their own health. They might've, um, been told by doctors that they wouldn't survive it. And it was the only option. And there's everything in between all of this, but, uh, you know, you just don't know who you're talking to. And a lot of you out there, you know, are going to have a big surprise too with big issues like that, like where you just don't know who you're talking to. I see a lot of you out there like running off at the mouth. Um, There's a very difference between BLM, LGBTQ, the trans agenda and black people, gay people, trans people. And there's a lot of you out there that have it all twisted now. And so you're hateful to all gay people because of LGBTQ, the G, 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 you're um, easily talking hateful shit and easy shit to like pull from the like lowest hanging fruit to be like, everyone's trans, everyone's trans. Um, Or it's easy for you to like pull the BLM but you're not realizing that you're kind of racist. And uh, we're hitting this conundrum now with the conservative side of the movement that if you think that you're sitting over there and everybody in the great awakening that you're going to be sitting there and have no waking up to do, um, you might have the hardest time of all because there's a lot of really great people out there A lot of really great people out there that have sinned, that have, um, done things that you might not consider righteous. There's a lot of really awesome people out there that are going to find their words and their truth to sit in the things that they aren't necessarily proud of, but because they're able to sit in these things and give you words for them, they're going to heal you and maybe give you courage to speak up about things in your own life that you might not be gay or trans, but you might be living in the closet. You might have never had an abortion, but something might have taken your soul once and you hadn't gained it back. You might have never been raped. But you might have been forced by your government to get stuck with a needle in your arm. Or you know what? They might have even just uh, medical raped your child with that same needle. So I just think that there's a lot of shit um, that maybe everybody needs to reevaluate their own judgment. And reevaluate what they think they know about somebody else's walk. Or what they assume they know. Because, oh, I don't know a trans person if I see it. I know everyone. Like the same people that look over their shoulder and then say the N-word. Those are all good people. Guess what? Uh, it's a lot harder to hide if you're black. But um, I'm going to tell you. Um, some of you idiots are going to be talking to trans people right in the face. And look like a dildo when you're doing it. And you could say, like, I don't care. I don't care. Um, Yeah. I know what you think with agendas and I, it's coming for your kids. Like all the shitty agendas are coming for the kids, but there's also trans people and they have a journey too. And, um, yeah, I don't know why I just hope. Um, I just figured I'd come in hot if I'm going to do it by myself. So can I throw racism, sexism, abortion, uh, trans, uh, and BLM all in one 10 minute segment of time and blend it all together in a blender. And then, um, can I repost this on my church bulletin board? Would that be just kidding? I don't have a church. Uh, right after it, I'm coming in hot. You guys, I hate atheists. I'm just kidding. I don't hate anyone, but atheist is so stupid. If you're atheist and you don't believe in anything, stop fucking recruiting people to your religion. You're worse than Jehovah's Witness. You're really worse than Jehovah's Witness. Do you have a tattoo on your body that's a symbol of atheism? You in a cult of atheism, dude? That's so gay. <laughs> It's just really the dumbest thing I ever heard. It's like, um, you don't believe in anything and you're trying to convince me to not believe in anything. Go fuck yourself. I don't want to know. Nope. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to make me a speck of dust floating on dust. And I'm a big, huge fucking mistake. Nope. I'm sorry. You feel that way about yourself. Go, um, pass out flyers in the airport. Jehovah's witness. Anyways, so that's my atheism where I come in hot at them. I don't really hate you. I just think um, you're a prophesizing. Is that what it is? You're like uh, nothing. You worship at the feet of nothing. Okay. (laughs) You're worshiping if you're sharing and you're recruiting, you're culting for you not to see it is ignorant, Um, but okay. So since I'm on atheism, I figured I just might as well, um, do, uh, an alley oop with, uh, anarchy. If you say peaceful anarchy to me, you're always going to get pushback because hashtag duh, if we lived in a world of peace, we wouldn't need any laws. And, uh, yeah, a good person doesn't need laws. Um, but bad people do need laws. And I know, Not if you're going to do something bad, you're not going to follow the law anyway. But guess what? I also like the idea of a sheriff being in town. And I like the idea of some little peace of mind that moms I know can go to sleep. So because if their kid falls down by riding their bicycle outside, they can call 911 and someone drives over and make sure the kid's okay that fell off the bicycle. And if someone was speeding by, there'd be another person that drove over to drive to that person's house and say, don't do that anymore if you don't think consequences um, are needed in even the smallest of village, I think you should watch the movie, the beach and just tell me what you take away from it. And then think of that movie on a lot bigger scale. And I would say, or I would love it if you're out there and you have children and you still believe in the principles of anarchy And can explain them to me without saying peaceful anarchy because hashtag duh that's like saying I believe in a world of no guns yeah bitch me too but if one person has a gun that's a bad person I want the opportunity to have a gun as a good person so just saying peaceful anarchy means nothing you can put just you have to say anarchy that means anything goes and in some perfect world where no one's going to hurt anyone and no one's going to rape anyone and no one's going to steal anyone's babies. um, Yeah, I agree. No laws. It's a free-for-all. It's wonderless for everybody. But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. So it's a principle I just don't get it down with. This is a show where I'm free to change my mind. So, I mean, really, there's a good chance that, Knowing me and the time frame that I'm on, and how it keeps getting faster, I will be full anarchy in about seven weeks. Full anarchy. I will be the leader of the anarchy movement in about seven weeks. And I will, um, everything I just said, I'll be going against. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. I told you about Trump. I told you about the light bulbs. Uh, I told you about big trouble in little China. Uh, Nancy Soulsman, she was another person from the Nexium cult, uh, blah, blah, blah. Nexium. I could go on and on about Keith Rainier and the friggin' idiot that did what the bleep do we know, and which I think totally took God out of an entire generation of kids. Um, He's the same guy that was like the head guy in Keith Rainier's Nexium cult. I don't have his name off the top of my head because I did not plan on going into this part of the rabbit hole today. But Nexium, Nexium, Nexium. If you guys want me to talk about what the bleep do we know sometime, totally remind me and I will get into it. Uh, you know. I sent out a couple things if you want me to answer questions on this please ask the questions and I got so many great questions and I also got some great emails and I didn't really compile like go through them some of the emails that I got were so good and long and I actually work better in an audio file like for me to retain it and keep it in my head so if you have wrote me an email and I haven't got back to you I plan on getting back to everyone so just hold tight and um I want to talk about some of the stories that I've gotten on shows or on different shows, but I just want to do it in like the right space or give certain ideas enough space or maybe have the right person in that we can uh, kind of break apart these big ideas together. Um, so if you did send me anything, I totally have all intentions of getting back to you. Um, one of the funny ones I did get though. Um, is from Primetime Alex Stein. If you guys uh, know Conspiracy Castle, uh, it is, he has a YouTube show. I don't know if it's podcast form. I definitely 100% know it's video form on like DLive and uh, YouTube. Anyways, uh, Alex Stein wrote me something like, um, in my questions, like, are you ever going to hang out with Alex Stein again? And, um, if I have any fans of mine that are also fans of, um, primetime Alex Stein, I totally will probably hang out with Alex Stein again. I think he's a good dude. I think he is totally, uh, you know, he puts his big fat mouth right in front of all the people that, uh don't want don't want what's best for us he was one of the first people in all of this um when I didn't have my mask on and I felt like an idiot for um wanting to walk away from my job for not wearing a mask he was like showing up in grocery stores with Zorro masks on and acting like an asshole like what this mask isn't good what this mask isn't good and um also in the world that we're in and he just has a very punchable face his loud voice and his personality and his character when he's playing into the part he is like kind of a kind of obnoxious and and I say play a part because if you watch Alex Stein um, he does all these like live on the street videos where um, sometimes he makes an ass of himself to prove a point and uh yeah so he's a good guy and he uh is doing good stuff out there if you want to laugh or um you know uh get in with a community of decent people uh you can find him somewhere he is probably on youtube like i don't even know um but i know probably a few times a week. So um, he asked if I was going to hang out with him again. I probably will. You know, I'm... Uh, you guys, I mean, just if you've been listening to this show, if I can sit down with um, the Kang, Graffinati, and we can uh, bury a hatchet and actually become friends, I can probably sit down with anyone. Um, and some people obviously I never fucking want to sit down with. I could give a shit. Some people I could really give a shit about ever, like ever, ever, ever. I never want to sit down. I don't care about the tone of their voice. I don't care about their brain. I don't care about their heart. I don't care about their spirit. Um, I mean, I wish them well in all the ways that Ghislaine or Trump wishes Ghislaine Maxwell well, but I don't want to. Um, Alex Stein is by no means one of those people. And... Um, I don't know. Maybe this is a little in- too inside baseball, but I don't think he would really care if I said this. And there is behind the scenes of these shows, you guys, like if you watch a show and it's public and you see it on YouTube or listen to it or are a fan of it, or, um, you know, know the people, uh, sometimes there's behind the sh- scenes shit and, um, Yeah. Alex Stein's a good guy, so I really um, send him good energy. And I will say, all that being said, Alex Stein has a friend named Coffee Man. If you've ever listened to Alex Stein and you know who Coffee Man is, I will say, I am in desperate need to get Coffee Man on my show to get some kind of... um, phone, email, uh, I, on uh, different accounts that I used to be on before I was like kicked off, uh, to certain platforms or shadow band. I used to have a connection to, um, I feel like to him somewhere, but I don't. So if you know who I'm talking about, um, he is, uh somebody that's on Conspiracy Castle sometime and I just fucking adored his energy and I would really love to sit down with him sometime and um maybe have him on my show. So if you guys know who I'm talking about, please email me again at Chaney at gmail and let me know about Coffee Man. I want him on my show. He's such an interesting cat. Um and probably uh yeah, I will probably have to have um or reach out to and see if one day, uh Prime Time, Alex Stein, 99 Problems and a Mask Ain't One, um, ever wants to come hang out with me again. So that was the one question of those that I will answer today because I'm not shying away from anything. We're doing it, people. I'm talking about abortions and conspiracy castles. What's up? <laughs> um, okay. My favorite thing that I wanted to talk about before I leave today, now that it's 522 AM and the weather outside is a crisp 73 degrees in Florida with a 14 mile an hour wind blowing out of the West Northwest. All that's made up. I have no idea what the temperature of wind is. I still have some gummy bears left, gummy bears. My brain is kind of getting short-circuity, I will tell you guys. And uh, I'm feeling like a high stony baloney glaze, and I'm not higher stony baloney. So hmm, hmm, hmm. my favorite one I wanted to tell you about before I left, I was thinking um, Jim Watkins. I don't know why I feel like that name's wrong right now, but Code Monkey's dad. um, I follow him in places, and he put a picture of himself up in front of the Washington Monument. If you've been listening to me, you know that I have a whole Washington Monument story, and his picture kind of looked like my picture. I mean, not that me and Jim Watkins look like. He is far sexier than me. But uh, I just reposted mine too. You know, some things are just coincidental, and... Then somebody sent me a direct message and they said, Hey, don't you think it's weird? The DeLorean is in DC and, uh, the DeLorean from back to the future, which back to the future is like a weird anchor thing for me. And I'm like, yeah, that is weird. And so I got a few pictures of it online and thinking how I just posted my picture again from the Washington monument. And here's the DeLorean in front of the Washington monument, um my maria seven 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 and uh, seven and seven like it was a drink seven my maria seven and seven my maria serum seven and seven um we'd been talking about like westworld over and over again and dolores and delorean and dolores and like latin is like sorrow or pain and the dolores of it all so it's sitting there and then um i was uh chatting with ladies from the coven and just like oh my gosh the back to the future of it all and we were talking about the baron trump and you know the uh shit why am i not having all this just come up off the top of my brain whatever the clock tower and you know marty has to hit like 88 miles an hour or some shit and um when lightning hits the clock tower, that's when they go back in time. And so I was staring at the DeLorean in front of the Washington Monument and I was like, holy shit. Like just in recent memory, I can recall the Washington Monument getting hit by lightning. And I was thinking of the layout of the mirror pool and the layout of the Capitol and how these capitals in certain cities have these metal domes and how this big huge marble and granite sphere that goes up and what that would be conductive of and if that same kind of like conductive rock is laid all the way around this water pool and then hits the limestone or granite at the capital and then it goes up to the point where the dome is a different metal and the star shape of certain cities or the if you look at them from above like you know uh even the owl shapes or certain conductive shapes and monoliths and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, holy shit. Why we all keep thinking about this technology and this computer and this phone and this CERN and these ideas of time travel. What if the time machines are like right in plain sight? And what if it's just like certain days and times and energies? And if you're like in a certain spot in the White House or a certain room out, you know below the Washington Monument. And what about if it just gets hit by lightning and it's the 369 Tesla of it all and you can see the past, present, and future at the same time? And uh, I was thinking of these monoliths all over the world and in the Vatican and London City and all the places, how they certain of them came from Egypt and uh, Yeah. It's just a whole heady thought and another rabbit hole that I thought was really a fun way, uh, maybe if you guys wanted to think about different star cities and different monoliths and if you could almost set it up like a grid with metals and conductivity, could these things really just be right? Oh, this is the other part of it. Um, It made me excited. I had to sit up in my chair. I almost have to stick another gummy bear in my mouth, but I won't. (laughs) it made me think like you know we went into Iraq and destroyed all their old stuff and we go into Afghanistan and destroy shit and these certain wars that happen that we hear about or the mongrels invading or you know it just makes me think what if we're destroying all their time travel technology so the last person that existed with time travel technology would be the one that would run the timeline. But unless somebody somewhere ended up with a hidden time travel machine that didn't have to be laid out on some big city grid, like they figured out some secret that maybe, I don't know, I don't know what the secret is. But something's up and I hope that this hour and a half or so of random ramblings at 5.30 in the morning wasn't wasted. And I did put it off a little longer than I would have liked, but it was a daunting task to sit here and think like, how am I going to tell you guys something? Like I want it to be meaningful and I want it to be deep and I want it to be real and I want it to be authentic and I want it to be, and I want it to be, and I want it to be and fuck. I just felt like if I kept thought about all the things I wanted it to be and didn't want it to be, it was never going to be. And so here it is. And maybe I'll get better at it. And maybe there's a couple little good pieces of something in here. Um, I'm going to get better at it. Not a maybe. I'm definitely, definitely going to get better at it. I have some great fucking guests coming up, you guys. Uh, people I'm really excited about for different reasons. Um, I hope I have some repeating guests soon. Um, you know, not just my Maria seven seven seven. I hope I have other repeating guests. And uh, yeah, who would you guys like to see back? Write me that too. Write me who you're curious. Who you want me to check in on? Write me and tell me how much it annoyed you that I sucked on gummy bears some of the show. Tell me if it was more or less annoying. Than me, uh, sometimes hitting my e-cigarette. E- I did almost choke on a gummy bear just then. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, would you guys tune into my Patreon and listen to me eat gummy bears? Just kidding. Oh, you know what, you guys? <sighs> own the awkward of it all. I've had a couple people, um write me and tell me that I should have some kind of something somewhere that you guys can send me fucking money if you want and I it makes me feel really fucking awkward and I don't put this out for any money and I don't put this out because I ever wanted to be behind a paywall and I don't put it out because I ever care if you guys can put a face with a voice I put it out because I love to and I'm so curious about the people I have on and they heal me and I hope they heal you too and I hope they make you laugh and I hope they inspire you and I don't do it for a dollar and maybe one day I'll get blessed enough that I get to do something like this and I will love it to be for money. All this being said, it makes me feel really fucking awkward and one of the big, huge things of my show is owning your awkward. So it's not a free hobby and I have big ideas for it in the future and I plan on, you know... Other people have wanted to send me things, but I don't want them to put my address out there. And I want to get a P.O. box, but that costs money, too. And I um, kind of have a couple ideas for guests that I want to have a real live podcast where I'm sitting down with them and not just in a Zoom room. And they're close enough that I can kind of make it happen, but that costs money, too. And, um, you know, I'm really blessed right now on equipment. And, uh, I'm really blessed right now in my, like, you know, I can keep my lights on and keep food in my belly and, um, get cat litter and, uh, yeah. So I don't really, uh, need for anything. I'm, I want to tell you guys all this stuff because this isn't for a destitution. It's not a plea and anything I did get, it would be like a nest egg that somehow, whatever this is now that I'm doing, I just want it to get bigger and uh, better and more widespread and maybe even even have just more time to put out more shows. So, yeah, I'm going to do this right now. Let me see. If you want to send me any kind of, I don't even know what this has, but this is the one I'm going to go with right now. Because it's easy and it's done and I think it does crypto too. And the person who asked me about specific crypto, I know it does that. And so I know I don't want to argue with you about what crypto is good. I really That's for a different day and I really don't care and it's already too much. <laughs> this is already too much. Don't make this harder on me. Um, so if you want to, uh, right now, um, I do have a cash app and it is the dollar sign with Project Cheney. Um, it's ex- exactly like my show is spelt and it's just Cheney in Wonderland. I don't care. I, I will be hell of appreciative. Um, I will be just as appreciative if you tell a friend about the show or if you give me a nice review or if you just DM me and um, you found something here that was just valuable or funny or silly or made you question something new about the world Um, all that means um, probably even more to me than any dollar and I appreciate any currency even just good energy my way Um, but yeah there it is it made me feel awkward and I did it and I did this episode and it's a whole bunch of firsts And I consider you guys collectively like a friend of mine now. And I'll try not to put off hanging out with you. It wasn't such a drag after all. I hope it was somewhat entertaining. And I will tell you guys that I love you. I hope you have such an awesome week. I hope somebody is kissing you all over your face and I hope you are being kept warm where you need to be kept warm and I hope you are staying chill where you need to stay chill and hang in there you guys we're all holding lines together and if we all hold our lines tight enough maybe the universe will put a big, huge bow across it and play our collective violin. And maybe the bow will be made out of horsehair, and maybe the horsehair will be flowing in ivermectin. All right, that got weird. Bye bye. So she has been Cheney, and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday. You fucking cunts.